Happy Thursday, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. It is Thursday in the L. Harry, you know, tomorrow they're saying in the morning it's supposed to be like 40 to 50 degrees. I'm not ready for that mess, Harry. Yeah, it's just a tease, though, right? So it's, I, I think they said 48. It'll be around 48. And then it goes back to being summer. Good. Because I, I, I can't. You know, Harry, I have this condition. Uh, I'm allergic to cold weather. So the first, <laughs> it's, a I, real, it's a real I condition. I have the same condition. I have the same condition. I'm so, allergic to too much hot weather. So, so when the cold weather hits, I get hives all over my body. And I have to take Benadryl or I have to put Benadryl on my body. And I have to actually take Benadryl. That's called seasonal allergies, but no, it's a real, it's a real. And then once, once the body gets used to the cold, then I won't, it won't, it won't show up again. But it'll show up that first sign of cold weather, and it's painful, like it hurts, and then, uh, and then it goes away. Because I, I, I get, I get hives too. I get hives going into fall also, but that's seasonal. No, it's not a, it's not an allergy. It's not an allergy like that. Like it's not, I'm not, I don't have allergies like that. I'm just telling you that, um, I'm allergic to cold, the coldness. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the radio. Yeah, no, I actually go to doctors. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I actually go and I discovered it. This is how I discovered it. When I, uh, my first campaign when I ran for um, office, I, it was uh, November, and I I was dressed up and I was going going to uh, to the polls to start my day at six a.m. And so when I got when I got out of the car, I started having hives all the way across my body on my face, and so my campaign manager at the time, Ty, was like, "What is happening? <laughs> Are you all right?" I was like, no, I it's, this hurts and itches. I don't know what this is. <laughs> so there was nothing I could do about it at that moment, but just sort of sit in the car and pray that it, it goes away. But shortly after that, I went to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you're one of those people that suffers from um, uh, cold uh, uh, u- u- uticaria, which is a skin reaction to cold that appears within minutes after cold exposure and and then it just and then then it goes away so there's not much you could do about it so it's just a it's just a cold allergy to cold weather i mean i get really bad highs and it hurts i was like what but it's because harry i have a very compromised immune system so weird things happen (laughs) Weird, weird things happen so so that's why I'm not ready for it to be cold because I, I don't want to suffer yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it. But since I live in the twilight zone, cold comes with a lot of crazy stuff and water burning. So, yeah. you know, so I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could take another winter of skating to my car either. You're in the wrong state. <laughs> I'll be skating to my car. Or or move to higher ground. <laughs> I'm on a mountain. Oh, 
we'll move to lower ground. No, not water bear. You don't want to move lower. No, you'll be flooded. So, but anyway, so, so yeah. So when I heard that yesterday, I was like, am I going to be affected by this? Like, am, am I going to, I mean, I guess it would be good if I could get the hives out of the way earlier, but if it's just going to go back, then I'll have to deal with it all over again when the weather actually turns. So. I well, just, the, o- the only problem with the cold coming in and, and I see it um as I drive around um coming into work or or when I take the back roads going back home is that there isn't a not a lot of trimming of trees has gone on. There's a lot of trees and bushes hanging into the roads. Oh boy. So, so when it gets cold, all of that stuff is gonna be he- you know heavy with ice. That's because it none of it's been now I don't know what's going on. Well, you, might wanna, you might want to call your um, town hall town. Well, it's town. not just my town, but you know, I, I drive through. Depending, especially if I take the back roads, I'll I'll come out. You know, I'll take through Hamden, come out through Cheshire, and all that. And all those back roads, they used to trim the trees. I don't know if if COVID happened and people just said, "Yeah, we we don't need to do this anymore." Mm-hmm. But. Well. I don't know. So you're going to see a lot of power lines down and. Well, maybe they'll get to it. I mean, they still have September and October, Harry, before it gets whatever. And I, and I do see people, I do see teams out there working at least here. I see it and, and in Hamden too. So, you know, anyway, (sighs) anyway, I guess you guys have uh, money in. New Haven. <laughs> Not according to us. <laughs> or that uh, surplus that came from the federal government. I guess, Harry. I don't think you're going to blow it all on trees. I don't... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what we're doing. I know, the, I know this mayor keeps gathering people. Wait, he gathers people and then he doesn't take what they suggest. So I don't understand any of what the point is of gathering people if you're not going to take their suggestions and you're still dragging your feet on stuff. What what do you even do? It's performative. <laughs> I want to look like I'm being mayorly without that's being called, mayorly. That's called politics. <laughs> that's not politics. Tell the people what they want to hear. Make no. sure they feel involved and then make the decisions on your own. That's not politics. That's crap. The politics I speak of, because I was a politician, you actually get stuff done. You actually do things. You don't just talk about it. You be about it. You know, that's not politics. That's some other mess that people, you know, sort of put in place of, of actually doing the work. But good politicians do the work. They don't just be talking. They be walking. So... I'm just saying. You just said it. You said good politicians do the work. They do the work. Good politicians do the work. Right. You just said what the issue is. So, I, you know, I, I think the people have to gauge what they think is a good politician or not. You know, so they keep voting for foolishness, then you're going to get foolishness. I mean, you can't vote for fools and expect to get not foolish things. 
doesn't work like that. I don't know where they do that at, but they you can't do it in politics. So if you're unhappy with the political structure, you have the power to vote people out and get what you need in there. You know, but I think the problem is that people don't spend enough time thinking about what their what their issues are for them rather than spending a lot of time talking about what they think they don't want, but not enough time saying this is what we want. I see that a lot, you know. I was like, well, what do you want? And I, you know, you can ask this. You don't even have to be a political question. You could just ask anybody on the street, ask anybody anywhere to, and, and say, what do you want? And people have no clue. They get, they get t- tongue tied. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, well, what do you dream about? Well, what, what would you like to see happen? Oh, I, I don't know. You you mean to tell me, <laughs> but you can lament about what you don't want, but you can't really articulate what you do want. I find that hard to believe. Come on. No one is going to think it's foolish or ridiculous. Just say what, you, what would you like to see happen? You know, in the world, in your life, in your neighborhood, in your family, what would you like to see happen? I think that's a very troubling question for a great many people. Because they can't answer it right off. People people have to, people, first of all, people think it's a trick question. <laughs> well, you see, that's what I was just going to say, right? So you asked me that and I'm thinking to myself, what does she want this information for? How is she going to use it against me? See, I... <laughs> you see, because most people don't trust politicians and stuff like that. So a politician coming to your door and asking you, tell me what you need. I'm thinking, oh, this guy wants to get into my home for something. Um, Politicians are just your neighbors. Politicians are just your neighbors. That's really all they are. It's just your neighbors. It's just people who live live around where you live. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said um, the scariest um, thing that could happen is for the government to come to your door and ask you, what do you need? Mm. And Ronald, a lot of people feel that way. Ronald Reagan was a fool, but mm. all right. I, I don't think so. I, I think so. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think Ronald Reagan was a complete yeah, I think, asshole. I think, I think government, I, I guess if, if you decide to depend on your government, I guess you have no choice but to, you know, trust them. Um, a lot of people I depend, choose not I to. I absolutely depend on government, and I expect them to do what is in the best interest of the people. Now, whether they do that, that's that's not what we're talking about. What I my expectation and my trust in the government is a real and necessary thing. Now, when that doesn't happen, it is I as a citizen that holds them. Res- to accountability there's no entity there's no foreign thing that holds us to 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 accountability it is us we the people hold folks to uh accountability and when and the minute that we forget that is the minute that we lose our ability to make decisions so it sounds good we all know how it should work. Is it working? For some people, it isn't. 
Well, it's, I think I think there's always going to be um, fallout from everything. I mean, if you have cancer, the cancer the cancer treatments are going to work for some and not for others. If you if you have a cold, they're over the counter medicines that's going to work for you and not for others. But you know, but you don't attempt you don't not attempt to take care all. But you recognize that some folks are going to have issues that are not going to be handled or addressed um, as part of the collective. You, you're going to have that. Now, what ought to happen is that circling back to the folks who are, 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 are not being helped and finding out what their specific needs are. You know, that's just what it is. And, and we have a right to sort of say, I, I need you to circle. I need this government to circle back and take care of, of folks. And we, we, and we do that on a lot of levels. Hence why we have access. You know, we make, we make physical spaces accessible to people with physical challenges and disabilities. You know, we have said we are not going to leave those folks behind. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to alter structures so that people can access. They're not the majority of the people, but they are the people where they need to cross the street too. So what can we do? Well, we can make places in the sidewalk lowered so that wheelchairs and all kinds of things can be accessible. We have said we're going to make elevators accept accessible to the seeing impaired. Why? Because we think that's important. Does everybody that get in the elevator need a braille code? No, but there's a, a small amount of people who need that. We have said, we think people with disabilities ought to have parking spaces closer to the places where they need to get into. Is that everybody? No, the whole parking lot isn't handicapped uh, uh, has handicapped spots in every spot, just where it is most important because we have decided as people that this is important. So government works. We have to just do our part to ensure that what we say we need, we get. I I have every faith that when you elect the right people, things get done. And, you know, I'm I'm not jaded like that. I, I believe in we the people, even though we the people didn't include my people. And it just included my people in the last couple of hundred years. So, you know, I get it. I have no real reason to have any faith in this government, considering the way that this country was founded. I have no real reason to, to, to call myself American based on the way we were treated. But yet and still I do because I believe in the ideas that were written by these forefathers who didn't consider me human. And yet I embrace the idea of democracy as the greatest experiment of humanity on this earth. That's it. So I, I can't not have faith because if I don't have faith, I'm in Russia. <laughs> I'm in China. Well, you you just uh, you just summed it up. You said humanity and the Earth, right? And humanity is the virus on this Earth. 
right? And yeah. you have faith in this virus. All we're going to do is spin out of control and eventually kill, kill ourselves off. I mean, you know, I, I don't. You have too I, much faith in people, perhaps. Let it go. I don't. I don't have too much faith. You don't have you, enough. Faith. You like Elsa and just let it go. No, I, I'm never. I'm never going to be that person, Harry, because I believe in the goodness of people, and I and I and I live a rich and I live a rich and wonderful life, and I benefit from the kindness of folks and people. So I know what it is. I know what it is to be harmed. I know what it is to be rescued. That's so true. I, I know. Good, I know good, good people too. But so I, there's, get there's it. just so many few of those. I don't think so. There's so many people with an agenda. Even people that I know that I think are pretty good people. A lot of them have an agenda that they're always spinning. You know. Um, Everybody has an agenda, Harry. Everybody does. It's just. It's just. It drives me nuts. Why? You have an agenda. I have no agenda. I, my agenda is to just be Your a pain agenda is to make sure your granddaughters are raised well. That's an agenda. Oh, well, that's different. I'm no. talking about for me. Your agenda is to make sure that you do whatever you need to do to take care of your family. That's an agenda. That's it. So everybody everybody has things. Well, that's that down they... to the basics, right? The the cavemen had that agenda. Um. So, but, but in today's... um society what we call civilization it's all agenda driven not not I survival don't, don't, not survival i don't i mean you say that as if somehow or other there's some mystery to that i i don't i don't see i don't know what your point no, is there, there isn't and i'm just saying since since a lot of a lot of it is so in your face this is why people don't trust politicians why they don't trust other people because it's always if if the other person has an agenda, you're just a tool to to their goal. See, you know, in my in my circle, I, I don't have these kinds of conversations because this is not our experiences. So I, I don't know any people. I, I personally do not know people who feel that way. Everybody in my universe is working for the greater good of community and country. So I don't, so I don't, I don't, I don't come in contact with people who feel that way. I just, I I don't. So, so it's a foreign concept to me that people spend so much time believing that the government is whatever. And it could be whatever. It could be the government. It could be true. It's, I, I just don't spend my time on, that is not productive to to the way I wish to live and move forward in community. That is just not productive. So, so I can't spend my time in that kind of stuff. Um, and I never, I never spend my time thinking of that, that everybody that I meet is going to what? <laughs> I, I, be a spy. <laughs> okay. But that doesn't change be how human. I am. It doesn't change how I am in the world. I get humanity. I get it. I get humanity every single day. I get it. You know, I usually get what I expect from people. That's well, that's, I don't know what to say to that either, because I (laughs) I don't, I don't know what people you did. I don't know if you just constantly deal with people. I deal with a lot of people. I don't know. But, but be, but besides that, and I, and, and I mean that in a good way, right? Because 
I get what I uh, expect from people because I'm realistic and I don't expect more. I, you know, I, I expect more from me in every situation. So since I expect more from me, I'm never let down by, I'm, I'm rarely let down by much because I don't expect anything from other people. Wow. I, I don't I don't even know how to speak to that because I, I I don't I don't it's, have it's, that experience. It's how I survived. Um, realism is a good thing. I guess I'm 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 real too. <laughs> I'm real. There's nothing fake about me. I'm authentic. I walk authentically. I walk in my truth. I speak truth. I don't lie to people. I don't. I, I, I'm authentic. But I believe in the goodness of people overall. And let me tell you something. Everything in my background speaks to I shouldn't. That I, I should be I should be leery and wary of people. I should. But I'm not. I, I it's just not in me. I it's just not part of my 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 spiritual makeup, my physical, it's just not. Now, I, I don't I don't concern myself so much with being let down, let down is an honest to God emotion. I I don't run from no emotion. If somebody lets me down, I accept that they let me down, and I and I go on with it. I don't I don't try to be like let me let me build a wall around myself so that nobody lets me down because I don't want to no, no. feel let down. Because no, that would be that feeling. would be unrealistic. That would be unrealistic because everybody's gonna let you down. So. Or or ninety percent of the people are gonna let you down. So it would be unrealistic to expect anything other than that. Well, I haven't had ninety percent of the people let me down. I mean, it, maybe when I was a child and I was being sold for sex, when I was trafficked, adults let me down. Across the board, they let me down. They let me down. Right? But I don't. But I'm a, I'm fifty nine now. I, I can't be in yeah, that space. Too. So I don't. No, I know. So I get, I get, I, I legitimately get let down emotions. I legitimately get hurt feelings. I legitimately get, you know, betrayal, all the things. But those are real emotions that if you learn that they <laughs> exist and you deal with them, that when it happens, it doesn't destroy you. Right. That's exactly you're saying what I'm saying, then, because I expect betrayal. So it's never betrayal. No, me. I don't expect betrayal. So, <laughs> so I expect it. I expect, somebody, I expect somebody to stab me in the back. No, I so, <laughs> so by the, when they go to stab me in the back, I have, I have that armor on that doesn't allow it to, to no, we are, no, we are not saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. No, we're not. We're not. We are you're definitely just, not saying just, the same you're thing. You're just putting a nice little light. No, I'm not. You're not hearing you're me. You're painting it with, with pink and red. No, you're not hearing me. I don't expect betrayal. I don't expect meanness. I don't expect but any of that kind of stuff. But you prepare yourself. No, I don't prepare myself for it. I accept it and make space for it as it happens. But I don't walk out my door armed with a sense of I know I'm gonna be betrayed. To, I'm gonna be betrayed. I, I, I don't either. I would have to care. You know, I I would have to invest in 
in people in order to to be let down that way. That's why that's why I'm saying I I exist <laughs> with people. I mean, that's it's just the reality. But expecting more than I think they could give is just not my reality. That's why I just don't expect anything. If anything, well, I, I expect I, them to I, fail I, I like imagine, I fail every day. I could imagine living like that. That would be so exhausting to me. No, it's sad. not. But you would have to actually um, stay stay in that emotion. But that's the point of my system, right? I have no investment in anyone, so they can't let me down. So I, Well, that's moment, not true. You have investment in your grandchildren. That's a totally different thing. Why? Because, they people? Because I, because I'm personally the, you know, investing in them. You invest I'm in this radio te- station. I'm personally teaching them. I'm personally, well, well, stuff that's within my control, I invest in. Right? So what's, what's within my control, I invest in. I, 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 I am open to whatever the experience is. I need to have to make me a better human being. We just said the same thing. No, we did not, Harry. I, I, I will not align with that thinking. I do not align with that thinking. And and I and I know you know that it's tomato, very tomato. Different. It's tomato, not tomato, tomato, tomato. It's tomato and and grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> That's tomatoes and grapefruit. Anyway. <laughs> So I, I found a movie that I think you're going to be interested in. Oh, no. What? It's right down your alley. Does. It's like perfect. What is it's it, perfect. Harry? Jesus. So what? it's a Winnie the Pooh horror story. <laughs> yeah, no. Harry, how are you going to put Winnie the Pooh in a horror story? Right. Thing? Who does is somebody that? somebody harming Winnie the Pooh? A Winnie the Pooh horror story. I, I think Winnie the Pooh that. is the, in this story, Winnie the Pooh is the killer. Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the trailer begins with Christopher Robin showing his significant <laughs> other the hundred acre woods where when he kills people or something. I don't know. Harry, Harry, where did you? What rabbit hole did you? Was you, no, was you watching? It's, it's on was MSN. You watching late late night Russian TV. <laughs> MSN.com. Look at it. It's um. It's called Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. We should review it, Babs. Let's no, watch it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Harry, I can't do it. Listen, Harry, I had a, a tough time when Danny Glover played a serial killer. Remember that movie? Oh, no, you know. When he yeah, was a serial you, killer? You, I couldn't no, even you know, stand that. Talk about Danny Glover. My wife, she couldn't look. She couldn't watch a Danny Glover movie after The Color Purple. Oh. For, for a, a good while, she was just upset. You know, with Danny Glover. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. I remember that. Karen was in tears when we watched The Color Purple. Okay. And she... It's been about 40 years now. She can... She can what happened? I said, it's been about 40 years. She can let it go now. Oh, no. She let it go now. I'm saying when she initially when watched first it. happened. <laughs> she was just like, oh. She hated Danny Glover. I'm like, he's an actor. That was a character, right? Like, <laughs> he were, he played it very well. Yeah, he's good, he's good at what he does. I, <laughs> I saw know. him as a serial killer. I, said, I had the same had the same feeling, Harry. When I saw him as a serial killer, I couldn't stand it. I could not stand it. 
Yeah. I just couldn't stand it. I was like, no, not Danny Glover as a serial killer. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like it. So Yeah, I mean, I've never been there where, I mean, Karen watches movies differently than I do. She, she get, you know, she like puts herself in the situations and stuff like that. I don't see it like that. That's why a lot of the things don't are not scary for me or some things are not as humorous for me because I'm not, I don't put myself there where like my son will giggle his ass off through a movie that I, I that I'm there. He goes, he didn't find it funny. I'm like, oh yeah, it was funny. And he goes, but you didn't laugh. I'm like, oh, it wasn't that funny, <laughs> you know? So, cause I, I can't, I can't put myself in the scenarios. Um, but but yeah, that color purple one when we first watched it, I even I was crushed by Danny Glover. I was like, oh my god, wow! Well, that I, I I I the serial killer one got me. I was I was like, no, and he was ruthless. I was like, oh god. <laughs> he's well, like he's a good actor. He's a no, very good he, actor. He is. He's a, he's 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 a. He's incredible, and I saw a little post the other yesterday where they brought up um, the Predator when he was in the Predator one. I think it was the second one, Harry. Yeah, they was were the saying second how one. they were saying how he fought the Predator. He had no weapons. <laughs> why? Why the black man don't got no weapons? <laughs> I was like, please don't make me go back and watch this to see. <laughs> They're like, you didn't have no weapons, Harry. You fought the Predator with no weapons. I was and, like, man. And just, I mean, you look at the Lethal Weapon movies, his comedic timing, because he to pull off that role, you, you have your timing has to be perfect. And his comedic timing in those roles, even though it's not a comedy, but he in in his role, he has some comedic things, and it's just perfect. Yeah, I think so, he's. Uh, I think he's one of the great of our time. You yeah, know, he's a he's a great guy. He's a great great guy, and I I love when he used to come to New Haven on the regular to to work on social justice issues way back in the day before before we were calling stuff social justice. You know, oh, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, he was he was here quite often working on um working on social justice issues along with NAACP and all the other folks who were doing that kind of stuff. So he was here quite often. Uh, he spent a lot of time. You know, he's good friends with Kiko Matos because Kiko Matos used to work with um, um, trying to, de- you know, defend folks on on um, death row. And so that's how they became friends because he was elected to office in uh, where he's from. I want to say Philadelphia, no, not Philly, somewhere. But he held he held office. Um, he worked he worked for government, city government somewhere, and uh, so they they know each other from way way back. So she would bring him here to uh, to just do grassroots kind of stuff, and he'd come and he'd speak. I saw him quite often. I was like, God, he might as well move here. <laughs> You know, so he's a he's a, a lovely, lovely man. And then I, I and then I got to see him a few years ago when he was uh, 
uh, doing some reentry work, and he was a, a guest at a reentry thing, and uh, I got to take a picture with him and talk to him a little bit. And uh, lovely man, lovely, lovely man, lovely man. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, speaking yeah. of greatness, oh, Serena Williams. She is she is twirling on these people. Everybody's at the everybody's at the U.S. Open. I kind of low key wanted to go. You know. Well, like, you know the tickets actually went up like by two hundred percent. Oh, I know, Harry. I know. But you know <laughs> what? If you'd have went when they were doing their practices, it's free. Yeah. So you could see them play for free. I know, but it means something when you see them playing in there. You yeah, know, when they're you know, playing their matches. Um, you had a and you had a whole bunch of celebrities there yesterday watching her. Oh, it was a bunch. You see Tiger yeah. Woods? Tiger I, Tiger Woods was like her dad jumping up. Yeah. <laughs> I know, he was he was into the game. He was into it. It was like <laughs> I was like, somebody sit him down for he fall. Well, you know, I mean it, it has to be like that too because you're watching greatness and probably for the last time um i mean how can you not be starstruck um i remember serena and venus when they were teenagers pilot pen yeah and you know i remember working the table and everything as they registered in and everything because i i was um volunteered volunteered by the chamber of commerce to work at the so, pilot pen. So you was voluntold. Volunteer, anyway. <laughs> but, but, but you know, so, right. So I met Richard and his daughters. Um, actually, I met the daughters first, and I was having a conversation with them, and he put his hand in my chest. He's like, "Back it <laughs> Back up, Back up, bro. <laughs> Mate, I'm from Compton. <laughs> I know something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so. Don't make oh, so me hurt you, them and, little Puerto <laughs> But it's a uh, it's amazing to see. And 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 look, let me tell you, the guy was right. He at that time he was because it was Venus who was the star at that time, um, and he said Serena was going to be better, and he was right. He was right. So. Well, I, Venus just lost her match, and she's she's still gonna play in the doubles with Serena. So yeah, they play tonight. Yeah. They're like the best in the world at doubles. They're like the best in the world. So, so they they probably have a good time. Plus, people will be excited to to see them together. You know, so I, I'm glad. I'm I'm enjoying all the tributes. I'm enjoying that she's, you know, she's having a good time, yeah. you know, and I, and I like that she gets to leave when she wants to leave. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm out. That and, you know, that, that's how you do it. I I always think you should go out at the top of your game and not, you know, go on the way down. Um. You know, you see that with boxers who stay around too long. I mean, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a tough call. I know it is. I think it's a tough call, Harry, because you feel like you are in, 
you're in good shape and you are, right? You like, are, right? These you can, boxers, these athletes are in it's not like me and you. Just right. these, you can, these you can cats still, are in you can still beat ninety nine percent of the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but your that one percent off is <laughs> what throws you off because there's somebody at a hundred percent. Yes. That and that's the that's it. So I you know, I don't I don't I don't really get mad at people who stay a little bit too long at the party. I get it. Because you just it's a it's a you, you start to it's a bad Harry. Now at this point, you're like like LeBron James, he's like I guess he's what, forty forty two? Uh, no, no. LeBron is thirty eight. Thirty eight. He's like thirty eight. And and it feels like he's staying too long, but he's better than most of he's, them. I know it's that's not, what I mean. So like yeah. how do you you can't gauge that? Like but, you know, at his age, slamming the ball, all of that, for you know, coming down from when you slam and stuff like that, that's affecting now his, you know, your body gets old. Well, yeah, so, so now all of that pressure I mean, on your I think knee. he's waiting. I really think he's waiting to play with his sons in the, in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the I get that. That's a, that's a nice goal. It's like when they get in, we play, then I'm out. But nobody says that to Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, pl- plenty of people say it to Tom Brady. He just ain't listening. Yeah, well, there you go. He's like, I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> but football, I think, is a different game. Because you see these cats, Harry, after the fact. You know, after retirement, two years after retirement, they got all these, they have all these problems. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would err on getting out in the best shape of my life so that I don't have to deal with. Yeah. Brady should leave already because he's he's the best quarterback ever. Yeah, that's that's not disputed. Yeah, so he should just leave before he gets hurt. God forbid he gets hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. I'm not a Brady fan, but I'm a realist. He's the best quarterback that ever played the game. You know, so he should leave because you look, you're right. I've seen just recently I saw um one of the football players' wives, one of the football players that I Grew up watching as a uh, he was a New York Jet, Mark Gaston, I think his name was. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's suffering dementia and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you sh- that game is a totally different game. You're having like forty car accidents a game. Yeah. Hitting each other. Yeah. You know. That, so I so if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a football person, if I win, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know. You see, the the problem with football is that, and and it's just it's just being fair to the football players. Their their contracts have never been guaranteed and stuff like that. It's not like baseball and and basketball and basketball that their money was guaranteed. Which football which is the craziest guaranteed. thing. I know because it's the most violent sport, and I you would think that they would negotiate that. In right, like yeah. I have to have guaranteed money because I listen. This could go awry, and I don't want to be out there, you know, washing cars. Yeah, and, and the guaranteed money, the guaranteed money had started maybe about fifteen years ago, where they started guaranteeing contracts, but it wasn't for everybody. It was only for the stars. Yeah, you know, and and now finally it's catching up to the rest of the leagues, but it's been late, right? They've had the the players. Have had to sue the league, 
you know, to to get medical benefits and stuff like that. It's insane. That's the most violent sport. Uh, and then I, I, you, yeah. and then you think to yourself, they go, "Oh, we got a better helmet." No, no, it's just a better weapon because we're yeah. using that helmet to hit somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I, if I'm Tom Brady, I was like, you know what? I'm yeah, his wife gonna... should protest a little. I think she has, but I think he's sister. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't look like a shush type I, of. I know she don't. Woman. <laughs> She's like a spitfire. Cause maybe she got called out a couple of times. That's right. One time she said, uh, he's a good quarterback, but if all the players around him aren't, I'm like, oh! Yeah. And then she, you know, she's the one who created his diet and all of that stuff. I mean, he's a good-looking man, Harry. He's in great shape. I, you see it. But that man is 40-something years old, 43 or whatever it is. 44, whatever it is. I think he's higher than that. I think he's getting up there. But the thing is, is that, you know, and I was watching him, actually, I was watching a video yesterday where he was talking about tomatoes causing inflammation and stuff like that. Well, there are some people who believe that because tomatoes are nightshade. And I was thinking to myself, damn it, I love tomatoes. Maybe, and, you know, automatically that got into my head and I'm like, wait a minute, I got so much inflammation in my body, maybe I should cut out tomatoes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but but they but they also have good things about them too. Yeah, there's no really one good thing that will do all the things for your body. You have to sort of have a little bit of everything that's good for you. Yeah, you know? I mean he's you know his diet and everything is strict, but that's why he's the best. But right? you know, age is a thing, Harry. Yeah, I mean yeah. I don't care how much good shape you in. <laughs> You can't Age will remind time. you. You can't go against time because <laughs> there's some younger Tom Brady's coming up through the ranks and some younger cats coming up. And you're going to take a hit one time too many. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the scary part because it only takes one hit. I mean, like I said, so you're, every time you get hit, it's like a car accident. So your brain shifts a little. You know, so, yeah, I... And I know he's got a good team of doctors. I, I believe that, Harry. I I believe. But, you know, when you have that kind of money, you can hire the doctors to tell you what you want to hear. Oh, and, the, fire, right. and fire the ones who won't. And these athletes, Babs, are the best athletes we've ever seen in our lives. These, yes. They're, they're just flying. They, they, they're like a bullet hitting you with so much pressure. It's just unbelievable. That's why you've seen a lot of a lot of football stars have retired in their thirties lately. Yes, because I, they're like, I, listen, I want to live. I want twenty, thirty, forty more years of good health without yeah. having to be wheeled around and all. The, I mean, you look at these cats, Tony Dorsett. You look at these cats, Harry, and they are. Thank God they finally uh, uh, owned up to the fact that. Um, they have to pay these benefits to these these players now, you know, because they spend so much time shielding and hiding, which I don't understand. I don't I don't understand that mentality. You got the best and the brightest, the best and the capable athletes. And then when their time is up, you you don't want to honorably take care of them. And you have the money, Harry. Like right. it's not the, like the they billions broke. of dollars. Let me tell you, they 
the NFL, the NFL has treated the players so horrible. They they were making billions of dollars while holding down the salaries of these players. And they're so a nonprofit long. organization. Crazy. <laughs> you know, right. it's insane. But, you know, thank God, like you said, thank God that eventually that got resolved to a certain point. But you had players who committed suicide. Oh, my God. And all that. So it's like, I mean, why, let me tell you, best, while, while they were denying that there were brain issues. Yeah. These cats were committing suicide. And and don't don't let's not forget about the race component that they were measuring black athletes differently than they were measuring white athletes and denying them based on that foolishness. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a tough you look at the quarterback position, right? That was dominated by white men and you knew the be- let me tell you, usually the best athlete you put a quarterback. And you knew you had a whole bunch of bad athletes. <laughs> and now, but now you see it. Now it's yeah. more, the quarterback position has a lot of color these days. So I, 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 athlete. I, I like the athletes that sort of like, you know what? I did some time here. I made some money. I'm out. I'm, yeah. Now I'm going to go do something else. You yeah. Know? I mean, it, that has to be really hard to pick. I think so. I think you're right because because if you feel good, Harry, and yeah. you think you can no. do it, <laughs> yeah, no, and and men anyway with that little bit of ego stuff that men have. Well, let me tell you, the best running back <laughs> that I ever saw was Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was at the top of his game when he decided to leave. Now this guy was a magician at running back, you know, and. I think he was he was like maybe less than a thousand yards from breaking Walter Payton's record mm. and everything. And he I was just gonna left. say, I love Walter Payton. Yeah. yeah, let me tell you, Walter Payton was amazing, but Barry Sanders was like the best running back I ever seen in my life. Now I didn't get to see Jim Brown play, but oh, supposedly yeah. Jim Brown was the best thing. Yeah. Ever, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, get out. But I think it's a hard call. I think for football players, it's a hard call. I think for basketball players, plus, you know, here's the thing. Basketball players, Harry, are like six, eight, seven feet. All that running and pounding on that body, trying to stay in shape, weightlifting, training. That that's grueling, and the older you get, you just can't stave off time. Yeah, that's the thing. That listen, these guys are are on the norm fighting gravity, right? They are flying through the air. They're doing all of these things, and then that two hundred and fifty pound frame <laughs> lands on those knees and stuff. So you know, it's amazing what they do, but. It is. It's also amazing that they're able to do it for so long. I mean, the athletes these days are just amazing, though. The athletes, just men, and, men and women alike. I mean, because they yeah. they they have all they have technology on their side in terms of how they train. Yeah. We know more about nutrition now and the diet and what the muscles need and 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 all of that. But still, you know. like you look at Serena and what she's doing at forty. Yeah, she's amazing. And that's, it's grueling. 
It's grueling. Of course, you know you know how many miles she runs on that court? Yeah. You know, That's so right. and and it's you see her effort. It's not like you you're not looking at her. It's, she's not just gliding through this. She's older. She has to work harder. Not easier. It doesn't get any easier. You get older, you work harder. Yeah. So I, she, I like that she's leaving. She's like, you know what? I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a step out of this thing. I'll go do something else. Maybe I'll have another baby. Maybe I'll do, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do something else. <laughs> yeah, I think she, I think she, she did speak about um, having another baby. Um, and, so, and what better, you know, time to do it? You know, you don't want to get older. So, you know, get it done and then and then and then not have to rush to get back into shape to make the, the circuit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's I think that's I think that's a lot of work. You know, wow, I mean, but to be the greatest, she put her work in and nobody's going to catch her. No. I mean, I mean, we said that before, but I this no, this somebody will catch her, Harry, because I don't know. Records this lady's so to, amazing. Records are meant to be broken. So yeah, she's just amazing. I, I don't know if we'll see. It. I don't know we if we'll see not, anybody like that. We might not see it in our lifetime, but there's some there's some child on a court somewhere <laughs> yeah, right now, right. Harry, who is gonna come through and be amazing. Just yeah. wow us and be like, wow. I mean, look, I love Coco Golf. I love um, Stevens. Uh, uh, there's a lot of young sisters coming through. A lot of yeah. black girls coming through. You know, no, there's powerful. a lot of a lot of good. Um, there's a lot of good athletes out there. I mean, you know, women athletes, women tennis players, women golf. Um, yeah, there's women, a lot of good golfers they, out there. There's a lot of women who are <laughs> are leading the pack and showing that what women could do these days. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I wish, you know, there's not as, you know, it's always troubled me how you have these followings like for tennis. Obviously, women's tennis is huge. Women's golf is becoming bigger and bigger. I don't understand why bat, women's basketball is falling so far behind on this. Why? I think, I think it needs to be marketed better, Harry. I think it has to be marketed better. I think we need to see more deals with with the with the um, WNBA players. Do you know what I mean? Like we need them selling sneakers. We need them, you know. They they they, you know. It, I mean, it took Michael Jordan to elevate how athletes can use basketball stardom to create wealth and 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 uh, uh, highlight sneakers because before him. You didn't really see cats shilling out sneakers like that. You know, you didn't you didn't see it. And he comes along and he still sells sneakers. They ain't been on a basketball court in 30 years. Yep. People, but people still want them Jordans. I get it. So we I think they need that on the woman's side. They need they need to start marketing women's basketball, not as an not as in a an alternative to the NBA. But like side by side with the with the NBA, and I think yeah. I think they can use the NBA to leverage that. I I think that they, they can use well, the NBA to leverage. Well, they it. have they have to. A lot of the the um, WNBA teams aren't making any money, so 
Yeah, that's why, that's to, why they're in Russia messing around. Right. They, they're going to have to piggyback it on top of the game. Not, not just, like, I think the, the NBA get, ends up giving the WNBA millions of dollars to run. But that's, I don't think that's enough. And I know some players go to the WNBA games, but there has to be something else. You That's what I mean. Be- it has to, they have to be much more intentional about how they showcase and elevate these, you know, because they have fans, Harry. They have fans, but they, they, you're right. They need more fans. They you we know, the, need to be able to watch these games just like we watch the NBA. Yeah. The, the interesting thing that I, I was looking at the other day is that the average, and WNBA fan is old white men who go oh. watch the games. Okay. Not enough women go watch the games. So women I, have I, to listen, invest I'm in guilty it of not going to watch the games either, Harry, because they always seem to be out of, they, they're out of the times in which I could do it. But, you know, my, 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 uh, my friend, um, Ruby, Ruby Melton, um, she's a, her and her wife are huge Connecticut um, basketball fans, UConn women, WNBA, like they go to the games around the country. So they like that stuff. So I, you know, so I think, I think I have to put on my, my radar here to be a better fan. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm guilty of it too, right? Cause I would like to go, but I don't go, (laughs) you know, and I want them to be successful. But just wanting them to be successful isn't enough. You have to actually you have help to go buy a ticket, and the tickets are not outrageous. They're yeah. just like regular tickets. I paid more for concert tickets than you would for a WNBA. NBA. A, a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. It's ten o'clock. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I was when I was driving in, I saw this um this post of of. What's his name? The Culture Club. Um, Boy George. Boy George and the Culture Club. He's gonna be at the at the casino. One of them. Yeah, I was like, oh my god! You know, it made me think of. I, now I gotta throw it on my Pandora just to listen to some Boy George. <laughs> I, I, I thought you said. I, I felt like I was almost gonna go buy me a ticket. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not gonna go. But you know what? You know what? Karen looked it up as oh. we were driving, so she's. She was looking. She couldn't find where what arena it was at. So, but we got to check it out. I mean, who knows? Would you go? Would you go? Come, come, yeah, come, I would come, go. come, 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 Oh my god! I was look, look. Come I was it, back in those days, Babs. I was. You had to be on the low with your music choices, right? Like I had all my hip hop on my albums, but <laughs> where nobody could see in my crate. Yes, I had Wham, club. I had Wham, I had Culture Club, I had all of that stuff, right? So, you know, George Michael from Wham, I, I was just like, I was a big fan. I even had some Menudo. Oh, okay. And, Everybody had Menudo, Harry. But, Come you know, on. but the, when, I, when I was playing where, for people to hear was my hip hop and everything. But when I was playing that stuff, I was throwing on my headset. And listening to Culture Club and Tears for Fears. Oh my God! Understand. Everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. That's right. 
But you right? can't play that. You can't blast that out your window, Bams. <laughs> <laughs> you have some problems. <laughs> you blasted that out your window. And everybody was digging it too. So I don't. I, listen. Yeah, but on the low, Everybody was right? digging it. Everybody <laughs> was digging it. Everybody was digging it. So I get it. You know what? It's ten o'clock. If you just tuned in, you oh. got me. Love bass, love talking. Harry Droz. We are just uh, talking about our music choices. <laughs> uh, on, on WNHH LP one hundred three point five FM, your home for community radio. Your home for community radio, baby. Yes, <laughs> uh, listen. I, I I I get the um the press releases from from the um from the casino and I saw Boy George. There's a couple of folks, Harry, that they're Ashanti is coming with um a couple of cats, a couple of the hip hop old school hip hop cats. She's gonna be there. Uh, uh, Ashanti, so I figure it might be Jarul. Yeah. Yep. 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 Some, right. The and, the, and one the other murder, person, Murder Inc. Yeah. I mean, it was Murder Inc. that they they were part of. Yeah, so she's um, coming. Yeah, Shanti's good. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Oh my God! I, I was thinking, Harry, I I wouldn't mind going to see Tom Jones before. Look, I'm a big Tom Jones fan. Before right? he leaves the stage. Yeah, he's he's amazing, and I don't think a lot of people. I I think a lot of people. If you listen to Tom Jones, you might think he's black. If you don't he, see, you know what, Harry? He is black. He came out a few years ago and said, "You know, he is I black." Know. Yeah, he's black. You see, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he's Welch, but he's got you know, he's got. Oh, he's got okay, because uh, you know, if you don't watch, if if you don't see who he is, you know, you don't, you don't. But yeah. this, the guy is so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's not unusual. You want to go out at any time. <laughs> it's not unusual. You something, something, something. So. <laughs> So you know the world is uh, gonna come to an end soon, Babs. With um, CERN, you know CERN, um, the, the the particle collider starting back up. Okay, listen. Let me tell you what I'm worried about. The They're gonna open up problem. a black hole or something. I'm I'm concerned about the seaweed problem. You see how bad the seaweed problem is in the, in the what? In the, in the seaweed. Seaweed. Yeah. Isn't that a? Isn't I think it's called sagasm. 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 Where. It's too much seaweed clogging up the beaches and the oceans, and it's is that, stinky. Is that why the sharks are coming in? I don't know why. I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but they're trying to figure out what to do with the with the bad seaweed. They don't know what to do with it. You know, the other day I saw a video of a hammerhead shark splashing around in about knee high water. Like they couldn't like, get out. Like it's a dolphin, Babs. It was just, but it was because it was hunting. Um, what you call those? Uh, that thing that killed the the crocodile hunter. Um, the stingray. The stingray. It was hunting stingrays. Do they but eat was, stingrays? Yeah, the sharks eat stingrays. That's a little creepy. I didn't so, think stingrays had a predator like that. Okay. So. The shark was splashing around like a dolphin in about knee high water. It's just insane. They usually wow. they don't they don't usually hunt in knee high water. That's a little too weird for me, Harry. I don't. It is. It's I don't, we're, these we're sharks. Losing, this world is just losing its mind. 
Listen, I saw a guy who was she was deep sea fishing, and the shark got his fish. Like he was trying to catch a big fish, and the shark came here and took the fish. He wrestling with the pole with the with the shark. The shark won. <laughs> the guys on the boat was like, man. He was like, that's my fish. Not anymore. <laughs> the shark was like, oh no, you just got me dinner today. <laughs> I know. Thank, thanks for the assist. Now I don't have to chase the fish. Now I don't have to chase it. And the, and he was trying to wrestle the fish out of the shark's mouth with his rod. I was like, if you don't let that rod go for your butt, go overboard. <laughs> Harry, he was mad, too. He was so mad. I was like, what do you want? This is the ocean. They tracking you, too. It was terrible. He was mad, Harry. That looked like a nice big piece of fish, too. But but you know it's just weird. Everything is happening. Look, it's just different. Everything that's happening now is just a little bit different. Um, you have there's this article in New Sciences that protons inside you know they're acting different, right? So inside the nucleus of some atoms, protons appear to be doing very unexpected things so it, it's just weird and and the scientists don't know what's happening you know it's it's a new phenomenon so just think about that right we are we're all <laughs> composed of atoms and if protons are acting weird what's happening inside of us well i i would imagine Harry, that throughout the throughout the history of the world that things changed and evolved yeah. all the time. So are so we I'm actually not, I'm not stunned by news like that. I'm just like, all right. Right. So so next? are we actually witnessing an an evolutionary process right there, right? With the protons acting weird and what's that gonna do? But th- this is the world we live in now where everything is just different, right? Um the, the what's happening in space i'm always talking about what's happening in space but space is acting different right you you're getting different signals coming from um voyager 1 and voyager 2 the, the signals coming back yeah it doesn't make sense right according to our physics so you know something is changing <laughs> I, I mean i i think that makes sense yeah. I mean things have to change, right? And we have to learn from the changes. So I'm I'm not I'm not terribly excited by that in the sense that I expect evolutionary change. I expect, you know, evolving and all I, I expect all of that. So by by the way, Artemis one is rescheduled to take off on Saturday. Okay, good. I said I knew they'd get another date, Harry. So hopefully, I, I knew they'd get a. I knew they'd get another date. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they could. They could, they could make it happen. You know, I see. Um, um, Nichelle Nichols, um, Lieutenant Uhura. Her ashes are going. They're gonna put her ashes in space. Yes. I kind of yeah. like that idea, Harry. Tell you the truth. So that's what you want, Babs. I, I I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, I I always said um just 
just pour my ashes into a pair of hard, um, hard shell Adidas and throw them off the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm. <laughs> you, did you write that down? <laughs> I told Karen, I said, you know, if you going to And what she said, she nodded she and said, said yeah. And she she said, All right. Like, no, we're I mean, not doing that. <laughs> It, you know, it just makes sense for me, right? That's That was my, where I uh, lived a lot of the times. I used to walk the bridge all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know. Yeah, she says yes, but that's not what's going to happen. You know it, while, I know it. While playing Run DMC's My Adidas. My Adidas. Adidas. <laughs> I don't know what I, I think I want a little Fly me to the moon and let me play amongst the stars. I kind of, I think I kind of want that. Why, kind of why do you got to romanticize everything? Because <laughs> I am a romantic to my core, Eric. <laughs> you know this. Why are you surprised? <laughs> why are you surprised? <laughs> that's the part I don't understand. And that's and that's the thing, right? Because it's it's so on point what you just said, right? Fly me to the moon because we just get recycled into this. That's it. That's it. Although I've been thinking about the whole, you know, how they have these forests where you could be buried in a tree. You know, they have that in <laughs> Japan. They do. That they have it Japan. here too. Yeah. Yeah, there's some places where you can. But my fear is this, Harry. In a hundred years, they're gonna mow over these trees. <laughs> Somebody, some, somebody's gonna want to put up a house. They're gonna want to. <laughs> oh, they're gonna put up a whole, a whole community, Harry, yeah. a subdivision, and I, my remains will be displaced. I, I, oh. I'm convinced. You, you could always, you know, do poltergeist and scare people. I don't know. Go through eternity doing that, and just imagine that, right? This is why I don't believe. This is why I don't believe in ghosts, and I believe in energy, right? Because this, because just imagine if you pass, and that's what's left. You haunting people? Yeah, that would I. That would get no, on my nerves. So. I'd have to tell whoever in charge. Listen, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like, uh, wait. Well, this is in heaven, right? <laughs> this ain't this ain't for me. It's like, is there a bar downstairs? I need to. I don't yeah, want to be mean, haunting people. As a just, matter of fact, I don't even want to be messing with humans. I want to whatever this afterlife is. I want to fully embrace it. I'm just gonna say, point me to the elevator because I want to go to the next floor. There you go. I just want to go up or wherever. Up or down, I don't know. Baby. I want to go wherever. Wherever the party people are, that's where I want to go. Because the people who are going to heaven, I don't like any of them. So. Imagine, <laughs> right. Imagine you pass and you're sitting in a house waiting for somebody to haunt. <laughs> I mean, could could the afterlife be any more miserable? If that's what's left? Yeah, Harry. I No. That's a no. To know. No, you would hope. I, I mean, like I keep saying, you energy gets recycled. It doesn't die. It gets recycled. So you will live on whether your belief is heaven or whatever. You will live on. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. And then I saw a thing, Harry, where they can take your ashes and heat them up to a point where they become a stone. So you can become a jewel. I don't like that idea, too. Because once my peoples die out, Harry, what happens to my stone? Do you know what I mean? Like somebody finds it to be like, oh, this is a pretty stone. And then I'm and then I'm hanging on somebody's neck in for eternity. No. Or they, or it gets cut down into a ring. Yeah, no. Now you're somebody on somebody's finger. Finger. What if I don't <laughs> like them? And it's just, <laughs> it's just too many, too many variables, Harry. When I go, I want to have a final resting place for my remains. I don't want any, although I, I tell you what I want to do, and this is what I think, I, this is ultimately what I think I'm going to do. Um, the Grove Street Cemetery in New Haven. I think that's where I want to be interned. I used to didn't think I wanted to be interned, Harry. I thought maybe I'll be cremated. Maybe I'll do all these things. But I think, honestly, I like to be interned in that cemetery. You know why? Because Yale's not going to let anything happen to that cemetery for another 200 years or whatever. Yeah, I don't want to be. A... I don't want to be in anything. I, that's why I say just <laughs> throw my ashes wherever you want. <laughs> I think I, I want to get interned in that cemetery. I have to figure that out. It costs. I have to figure it out. Yeah. It was like I I, I went to um, I went with my mother to buy stuff. You know, funeral. You know, plan and everything. And my mother started picking out stuff and everything. It's like, oh, I want this. I'm like, my, you're gonna, you're not even gonna be here. You picking expensive, all the expensive stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. How about be more modest? <laughs> mm. But you know, people want what they want, and that I don't get. That. For me, it's just like I'm not even here anymore. So. Do what you want with my ashes. Well, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to, if I'm not going to get cremated and I'm going to be interned at the Grove Street Cemetery, then I, I do want a pretty enough casket. I was thinking maybe like a a rose gold casket, Harry. That's pretty. No, no one will see it. but Right. I mean, ashes to ashes. That's... I, I know, Harry. And I, and I want a really nice lining. <laughs> <laughs> I never used to think about this before because I was so against that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't want nobody to come visit and talk to the air because I'm not going to be there. Oh, my mother used to say that. But there's something quite comforting, Harry, if you go to a cemetery and your loved one's headstone is there. That reminds me, I probably I haven't been to my mother's grave in a very long time, my mother, my my baby brother, and uh, and my grandmother and my aunt are all in the same cemetery. So I should go over there and just you know walk around and say hi to everybody. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't do that. I've... I used to plant, I used to plant flowers, and then they started mowing them over, bastards. No, you see, I don't do that. I I have friends and family, but I that I could go visit, but. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. So, and I know that's not. It's not supposed to make sense. You you you're doing something on on a spiritual level, I guess. But um, it, I can't do it. I can't. I can't just go look at a stone and 
and talk to something that's not there. I don't, I don't see. Hmm. I get it. I, you know, cause I, I understand cause I know people who feel exactly that way. And, and I haven't been to my mother's grave in a very long time. My brother goes, um, I think he goes on her birthday and the anniversary of her death, which is both October. Like my mother was born October 14th. She died like October 30th. Right. And her wow. It's coming up. So, so my brother always goes and puts a flower or a plant or something like that. But I think I might pop over there this year because I haven't been in, in quite some time, like a good while. I drive by and I, I yell at her. Hey mom. <laughs> or I go, Hey Margaret. Uh, as I drive by, but it's not the same as going in and just, just taking a look and see, you know, that's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do I think she's there? No, I know she's not there, but still it's more ceremonial. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's- that definitely. And, and that's why it, for me, it would be difficult not to, see it as a waste of time because mm-hmm. I'm not that type <laughs> you know to do ceremonials or anything like that so it would be hard but I understand it I mean I, I totally understand how how people want you know they miss their loved ones and they just want to be as close as possible to anything even if it's yeah. just home Um, but yeah so I don't get it I have to actually, since I'm in the studio and there's a live show, I have to do some show prep. Oh, go do the show prep. Go do the show prep. I also got, I got like, I don't know, another 40 minutes. So, you know, I, you know, I sent you that story on the, uh, on the, on the Russian who fell out of the hospital window by accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that last week. Um, <laughs> But it, that was Putin's friend, Babs. Uh, clearly not. <laughs> that was Putin's friend. So I was is thinking it, to myself, is Zelensky <laughs> taking a page out of Putin's book and getting rid of some of his people? I don't know, Harry. Is 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 Putin standing out there saying, "Who killed my friend?" No, I don't think so. Just like, like they know. <laughs> Harry, this is their playbook. <laughs> just saying. Go do your live shows. I I just thought that was I was like, they still getting away with killing people wholesale <laughs> in a hospital even. How you gonna fall out of one? Harry, you ever been in a hospital? Ain't no windows open. <laughs> no, and, and those I don't know windows, what they got in Russia. Maybe they got the, open windows in Russia. No, those windows are like hurricane proof and stuff like that. It's just, <laughs> you, you don't fall out those windows. Somebody has to actually cut that window open and throw you out. You don't fall out. (laughs) And that's how he commits suicide? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're just ridiculous. They'll say anything, Harry, and the world is just going to go, okay, all right, we'll accept that. We'll accept that. What can we really do, though? There's nothing we could do. He could throw people out the window all day. (laughs) What? What are we gonna do? Like, not deal with him? Diggs BTW said, What's up? I don't know what that name is. What happened? Diggs BTW said, What's up? What's up? Um, And then Angel had a whole bunch of comments. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the comments. (laughs) 
He was talking about ass supply. Did you send uh, Angel a hat yet? What are you doing? No. Okay. No, it's coming, Angel. Angel, Just I'm wait. trying. I'm trying. Listen, they they coming down there in, in a month. Maybe maybe you could put it in the mail from there. From yeah, from South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, then I'm, gonna, yeah I'm gonna stop in the post that. office over there. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, that's a ticket. The fact that you are agreeing a little too easily. <laughs> yeah, he said no, but I don't believe it. Yeah, so. no, I don't believe it either. It's a good All joke. Right, though. I, I got to get out of here. So I'll try to get back quickly. Yeah, well, I'll be here. Listen, I got a few more minutes. And um, listen, so on the green today, um, the Arts and Ideas Festival is carrying their festival. I think they're working on making it like you have something to do all year round, which which I kind of dig on a lot of levels. So they've got they've been having these little concerts on the green. and today is uh, one that I'm quite interested in. And it is, uh, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. To, yes, it's Soul and Jazz Concert with Miles Tripp and Top Notch Band, which I'm a huge fan of Top Notch Band because um, that's a, a good friend of mine. Um and William Park. So they're going to be on the New Haven Green today from 12 to 1.30. So I think I'm going a, I'm to a scooch on down there and uh, and see. So I think it's Tre Tu Al Marazzo Tre An Un Amigo Mania Mania En Nuestro Concerto Gratito In El Green de New Haven Day 12. Ah, uh, one thirty p.m. That's my attempt at a little Spanish. So mañana, which is that was yesterday, but it's today. So twelve, twelve to one thirty. Rhythm, ry- rhythm exchange concerts. So if you if you're in the rhythm exchange concerts. Um, if you're in the mood to be on the green today, and today is a beautiful day for lunch, get some lunch downtown. There's a bunch of places to get lunch. You could get a hot dog right there in front of the courthouse from the hot dog guy. Really great hot dogs. Or you can walk up a little bit and uh, pop into any one of the little restaurants that have takeout, Claire's, all the little spaces, right? There's always good food up up those parts. Um, you could go around the backside of City Hall. There's a little drag on Orange Street of restaurants and cafes that you can get lunch for um, from all the way from um, Court Street all the way to Chapel Street. There's little restaurants. There's an Indian restaurant right there, Tikaway. Um, there's the Irish Pub. Uh, Trinity, which is, you know, they have good food you can take out and then walk yourself across the, walk yourself back to the green and take a lunch break and, and hear some good music. I, I, this city is ripe for good live music. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I just want people to know that they can, uh, they can do that. So that's today. That is today. If you're feeling like, um, you want some rhythm exchange, the experimental soul and jazz on the green that's today and then i think they do it again in october with uh with more musicians from new haven and then they have their gala 
uh, on September 23rd. So September 23rd is the Arts and Ideas, the International Festival of Arts and Ideas Gala. And they're having it at the Hotel Marcel, which I've been dying to get into. I hear they have a great bar. I follow them on the Instagram and they've been posting up some fancy cocktails, but I've not get, gotten in there yet. So maybe um, I, I'm hoping to get in there before the gala, but unlikely. So the gala will be my first chance at hanging out in the Hotel Marcel. So that's uh, so get your ticket if you want. I think you should. It's all the all the cool artsy people go. So that's September 23rd. And then the next day. See, now watch. I'm going to be amped up for gala season because the next day is the Jamaican American Connection Gala at Omni. And the Omni does Jamaican food for this particular gala. And it is, let me tell you something. When Jamaicans give it a high five, you know you're onto something. So um, just keep in mind uh, that, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. So, <sighs> so uh, I'm going to be on the green today because I want to catch that. And Thursdays, the newspaper is put to bed. So I'm happy about that. So I pretty much have a little bit more freedom um, around my time on Thursdays. So that would be a uh, uh, that would be a a wonderful opportunity for me to be downtown a little bit while the weather is nice, and uh, maybe I'll grab a lunch from somewhere. I don't know where. I'll think about that. See if the if the library cafe was open, then I could just walk across the street. I, I'm just trying to be easy, <laughs> and and I have to park. And I have to, and I have to park. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, cause you know what'll happen. I'll drive downtown. I'll try to find a park and then I'll get frustrated and leave. I don't want to have that attitude. That's not the attitude I want to have, you know? So, so let me talk about yesterday. So yesterday, um, Lauren Anderson opened. Well, it's been, it's been soft open, but she had a reception yesterday to, to, to invite all of us into the new bookstore on, uh, Edgewood and Hotchkiss. And it is such a beautiful, welcoming, cheery vibe space. Like, and people showed up and showed out and it was great. Chris Randall took pictures. Um, Maya, uh, from the New Haven Independent was there taking pictures and I can't wait to see what she wrote. Brian Slatery was there, but I never got a chance to talk to him because I was way on the other side of the space sitting at the giant long Game of Thrones table. <laughs> and people were like, are you the queen? You're sitting here like you're the queen. I was sitting there because I wanted to be out of the way of children and people and all of that. I like to go to the bookstore and I can have it all to myself. But it's but it was bustling yesterday, and I was drinking copious amounts of rosé, which was lovely. Um, and they had great food. They had empanadas and some Israeli vegan roll thing, or I don't know, Middle East, was some kind of Middle Eastern thing. It was great. It was great. It was great. They had wonderful desserts, which I did not have any because it was not what I could have. But it was great. Um, Bloom uh, had mocktails there. It was beautifully done. So it was fun. I had a had a good time. So there was something for everyone to eat, drink, and be merry. But if you're if you're a Facebook person or Instagram person, 
go to uh, Possible Futures or Chris Rando or any other body, any, or mine for that matter, because I took a lot of pictures, and just take a look and see the vibe. I mean, it was, it was just incredible. It was just an incredible time. And, uh, and I enjoyed it so, so much. I enjoyed it so, so much. Um, uh, and I, and I, I just, I just want people to, uh, to, to frequent that bookstore. So I'm going to start a, 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 a fundraiser for, uh, I'm going to start a fundraiser so that whenever any child that goes into that bookstore can get a book on our dime to friends of Babs who know me. I want them to contribute. So I'm going to put it up later today. I was in there the other day and it was father and his two beautiful children. And, uh, and I said, Hey, are you guys getting books? And he was like, Oh no, not today. We're just looking. And, and my first instinct and my instinct was as a parent, I know that when you, you, when you're raising children, you don't have extra money to do all the things that, that you want to do for them. And I'm not suggesting that brother couldn't afford to buy them books. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I, I remember when I had four kids and we go to a bookstore and I had to make some decisions about what they could and could not get. Right. So I bought them all books and I'm not saying this because I'm a great person. I absolutely am not. What I'm saying is that each of us can make sure that any child that walks into that bookstore gets a book. So, so I, I had to pick up my books for school. I had to pick up the color of law, which I need to read today because class, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already, I'm already two chapters behind. I'm already four chapters behind because I should have read two chapters, but I just got the book. So I'm, I'll read it today. Don't worry. I'll be ready. By the time class comes around, baby, I will have been ready. I will have read it and uh, I'll be ready. So, so, um, so I, I got them books to go with my books because I picked up my books and I got the dad a book. I said, because kids need to see dad reading too. What? And, uh, and he was like, really? I was like, yeah, because I, I had it. I had it yesterday. So it was no, I, I didn't even, I don't, I don't even think about that. I just, it's just something I wanted to do and I did it. And then I left them money as a credit so that they could come back and get another book or two. So then that got me thinking um, about what else I could do to keep get books in kids' hands. You know, when I was running Jumpstart for Young Children, a part of what we did for three to five-year-olds was build them a library. So I had a relationship with um, Jumpstart. We, we had a relationship with Scholastic Books. You know, the, the, at that particular time, they were putting child-sized books of classic child-sized books in like Cheerio cereal, like the big boxes of cheer, family-sized boxes of Cheerios. They were putting these little books in the Cheerios. So I was like, how about if you give me a bunch of those books so that I could help children build a library? Because if you're teaching children to read, they have to have their own books. You, you cannot just have them come to the program and just read the books in the program. They have to take the books. They have to have books at home. So that was part of it. And I got that idea from the Children's Museum um, when the, the, late, um, the, late, the late woman who ran it, 
she'd have an author come and read a children's book and whoever registered for the for the book for the story time they they'd go home with a book sometimes it'd be two authors in a day sometimes it'd just be one so my children have all those books it was just a it's just i just thought what better way to, to instill a way to l- love reading than to build your own library of books that you choose as a child and so that's what I want to do with possible futures. Like that's, that's, I, I want, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want children to build their own libraries and I want my friends to contribute to it. <laughs> so I'm going to post up on Facebook today, uh, a way in which people can give and so that they can give to, and I, I don't need people to send me thousands of dollars. I, just send me ten dollars, twenty dollars, five dollars, whatever it is, and just put, just send it, so that we, so that we can, we can build libraries for children at their own homes. There's something very magical um, when you have your own books. Listen, books saved my life as a child. I, I really think reading was germane to my survival. And and even though I love the library, and I still love the library, there is something very magical about buying your own book with your own money and having it in your own hands at your house that you don't have to give back and you can you can go back to it. I now I love the idea of libraries. I love libraries for a lot of reasons. Because the idea of t- getting a book and then reading it for a period of time and taking it back. That, that's another way to instill and foster uh, a relationship to reading and a shared relationship with people in your community. Because when you return the book, it allows somebody else to take it out. And so it the circle continues. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so libraries are necessary and bookstores are necessary. And they're both equally magical places for children and adults alike. So get yourself uh, to the, to the libraries. Yes, of course. In New Haven, we are library rich. And I, I love that we are library rich because I would take my children to all the libraries across the city. And it was a wonderful experience. It was something to do. Uh, and, 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 and all the libraries always had children activities and components connected to them. So you didn't just walk in a library and have to figure out, oh my God, I'm in here now. What the hell am I going to do? No, I would take them on the days when they were having honest to God children programming, you know, stories and building things, all kind, whatever it was. And they would go and we would do these things. And that was special. And it was free, <laughs> free, 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 free. And you know, when you have a bunch of kids and I have four, Free is huge. <laughs> but when we would go sometimes, sometimes the money was tight and we go to the bookstore and, and, and one of my favorite bookstores, my all time favorite bookstores was B. Doja Taylor's bookstore, uh, a walk into a walk in truth, Christian bookstore and black print heritage gallery, which, which when I, in my younger days, I lived above uh, on the third floor. But when my children were around, I'd bring them over there and she would talk to them and we would buy books and the whole thing. 
you know. And I would take them to Barnes and Noble. They have a large children's section. And sometimes they'd have children programming. But there were times when I could not buy each of them a book. So I had to, okay, boys, y'all decide on a joint book. Okay, girls, y'all decide on a joint book. When they were little, when they could read kind of the same things, you know, they hadn't yet developed their own reading appetites. So whatever, so they could easily jointly choose books that they both would like, boys, girls. And then they could just pass them back and forth, whatever. Uh, But I know, I know that feeling of this is not in my budget this week, even though I know it is important. I can't do it, but I wanted to bring them here just so they could see. And that's a wonderful thing, you know? So, and then there was a young girl at the bookstore yesterday. And I said, did you get books? And she's like, well, I'll come back because I don't have any money. I was like, oh, go pick two books that you want. And I got you. And so, uh, so Lauren heard me say that. And she's like, no, Babs, I got this one. I got this. I was like, are you sure? I said, because I got a little money in my pocket today. And uh, I I can spring for these two books. It's not, it's not going to, it's not going to get my lights turned off. No, she's like, no, no, I got it. And then I was sitting there and I thought, you know what? Every child in here should be walking out with a damn book. Every one of them. Even if their parents have the means or not, I want a kid to be, every time they walk into this bookstore, they should be walking out with a, with a book so that they can build their libraries. And that's, that's what I'm going to, so that's what I'm going to post up later today and see how much money I could raise. Just see how much money I could raise that Lauren can sort of, you know, when a child comes in there, um, they can get a book. That's it. That's all I want. That's it. I don't, I don't got no other interest in this other than I know how important a building a library is. God knows. I saw Nise and she was like, no, Babs has a lot of books. <laughs> I got books stacked up on the floor. I got books in my, in my, you know how you have a, a China hutch? There's no China in my hutch. It's books. I have tons and tons of books. Because I I, I, I understood the, the love of reading at a very early age. I was one of these kids that was reading at like three or something, some ridiculous age. Um, and so I've always had a fondness uh, for books. I, I always I always believed, and I had teachers who who helped me believe this, that you could go anywhere in the world with a book. I think I speak well today because I was an avid reader as a child. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's why that I have such good command of language is because I read. And, um, and so that's, a, that was, that, that, that made all the difference, you know, that, that got me a, a, a little bit more privilege being able to sort of read as well as I could as a child that gave me that opened doors for me um, on top of me being already, cause I was an angry, 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 angry child because things were happening to me at home and adults couldn't figure out that, that bad things was happening to me. <laughs> but this was before that level of awareness. Um, uh, uh, we know more now about what to look for and what to think about and what to pay attention to in children that had these kinds of issues, right? I, I think people are much more prepared now to understand and to look at a child and, 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 and rather than think they're just badass, it's like, there's something going on with that child. Let me investigate further. 
I hope that there are more teachers and more educators and more people in who deal with children are, are paying attention. You know, when I when I I have been in nonprofit roles all of my life, and some of those roles required me to be a mandated um, child reporter. Do you know what I mean of, of abuse? Um, particularly when I was running Jumpstart and some other organizations that I worked for. So it, I was mandated by law if I noticed something to say something. Those laws didn't exist when I was a child. They just did not. So I I was an angry, violent child. Uh, and I never really talk about the level of anger that existed within me. Uh, but it was there. And it was only there because I, I had no, no, the adults in my life uh, weren't able to stop the abuse that was happening to me. And listen, I, I don't, I'm not mad at them. <laughs> I, I'm not mad at them because I, it's a, it's a huge thing to sort of confront your fears and to acknowledge what is happening in front of you that you don't even see, or you dismiss what you're seeing because you cannot believe it. And that's the grace that I have for family and folks who, who did not um, uh, intervene in the abuse. It, it took my own doing to, to get someone to intervene. So um, I think the reading was uh, not only just a way to escape, but it just broadened my horizon in a way that nothing else has. Now, now I'm a grown-up. Now I could travel the world, and I have, and I do. Uh, I could go places. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to solely depend on books to give me the adventure that I want. Although, a good book is an adventure, and if you can read an adventure book, well, my my my, how how amazing is that? But but I'm a grown-up now, so I can. I, I have way more control over my destiny <laughs> than I did when I was when I was a kid and I had no control and 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 no say so in anything. But I could control what I read and I could I could read books and books have been a huge part of my story in my life. Uh my dad was an avid reader on top of being, you know, <laughs> a, a, a trafficker and a child molester. Uh, but he was an avid reader and he, we always had books in our house. My mother was not a reader. And, and I did not know my mother was not a reader until I was like halfway through college. My sister and I, we were in our room and she had, my mother always had books. She had a, a bed that had like a little bookcase built into it. So she'd always have really interesting books in there. And she'd have these interesting books because my mother was a custodian at the Yale med school. So people were always sending, giving her books to send to us, but she would stack them in her bed. So we would go in there and we, we thought my mother was reading all these books. <laughs> so we, we came home from college and we were like, oh, mom, you're reading all these great books. She's like, I don't like to read. <laughs> I was like, mom, I've seen books in your room my whole life. She's like, oh, no. I just put books in the room because it's important for y'all to read. I don't really like books like that. I like picture books. I like books with pictures. <laughs> in that moment, there was the most hilarious thing I had ever heard. 
I was like, mom, are you just kidding? She's like, no, I, I don't like to read. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, mom, you mean to tell me all this time, all of this time, you've never read any of these books. And we'd come in and we'd borrow these books and put them back and borrow them. And there'd be different books in here. You never read any of these books? No, I, I just don't like to read. <laughs> She's like, but it was important for me to have you see that there were books that you could read. And I thought that woman was amazing. That was an amazing feat if ever there was a feat. And so, so I will always hold my mother in high regard for that one little effort that she instilled that sense of <laughs> reading in us and, and set the stage and we believed it. I mean, I, and I look back now and I'm like, come to think of it, I never really seen her hold a book. I never really walked in on her reading. that she that she cared that much about what we saw and and the influence of that that she went to those lens and it, they, I don't think they were great lens I think she just was like made a decision and uh and that just my sister and I still laugh about that we still laugh about that laugh I mean laugh full on laugh because it is hilarious and to this day, there's parts of me that's like, I just don't believe her. <laughs> and then I have to do the, then I have to like go back in my mind. It's like, well, I didn't really see her holding a book. I didn't really see her laying in bed reading a book. We just made the assumption. She just put this, she just set the stage and we, we just went with it. We, we made up in our minds that she was reading all these books and we wanted to be on par with her. We wanted to read the same books as our mom. I swear to God, she didn't read these books. I just, I just, that's one of the best stories of my life. That is one of the best stories of my life. So when my own children came around, they saw me read. I didn't have to pretend to read. I instilled in them. I, and they, listen, my mother was hella smart for that. She was hella smart and I'm grateful. And I, and I didn't have to go that far. I, I actually was a reader and my kids saw me read and I read with them. I read with them. Every summer we'd pick a group read. It was, I think for several years, it was Harry Potter books. And we'd sit for a couple of hours in a circle in the living room. And we would share taking turns reading the Harry Potter story. And that's how they, because I needed them to get comfortable with speaking and reading. Because my, my oldest son, he would mum, he was a mumbler. And my youngest son was just learning to command language. So, you know, and, and my oldest daughter was very shy and, and Margo was a star. So she took to it, but they, but I knew that they all needed to be able to do this. It would give them great confidence and it would, it would, it would, it, yes. So they, so we would, we would read these books every, we'd pick a book and read it. So that's my story. I got to go. I'm back tomorrow, but I've got a guest tomorrow. 
And uh, and and the New Haven Museum people have already posted it up, Harry. They they done took my picture and all the things and ran with it. So they <laughs> so I I this week I don't have to do any of that work. They they've done it for me. So I'm having a talk with um what is her name? Dr. Uh Dr. Catherine uh Hermes. She is a, a historian and a educator so she's gonna be on tomorrow so 10 15 that's my guest so friday will be upon us friday friday so let me go get out in these streets i'm gonna go down on the green hair and catch some jazz i i always love to hear you say let me get out in these streets (laughs) (laughs) let me go get out in these streets harry Nothing, in, nothing implied there. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And then I got to come back because I got to read four chapters of my coursework. So I'll be ready for class this afternoon. That's right. Yeah. Soon, soon to be a uh, attorney. Uh, oh, Lord. Well, that, that, that cohort doesn't start till next week. So that program doesn't start till next week. This is a separate law class. So. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Love Vibes Love Talk on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. See ya. No.